Let's all stand for the reading of the word this morning. We'll get serious again here. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 45. And I do want to say real quick, um, you know, the last two weeks was just very traumatic for our family, and we had a lot of loss. But in the middle of that, we actually did have some good gain. And um, I look over here, I think this is your first time since we have officially Mr. and Mrs. Stout. So, so thankful to, to pick up a brother. And uh, he is a good one. He's a good man. Good man. First Samuel 17, verse 45. If you're there, say amen. It says, Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. The second word I want to point out here, then said David. Then said David. I want to speak for a few moments to the men of this church and everybody else can listen in while I'm speaking. When giants speak, when giants speak. If you put your Bibles down, lift our hands up, and let's ask the Lord right now to challenge us, to convict us with his word today that will leave change. Jesus, in your mighty name, I pray right now. God, that we will leave this place, God, challenged, God, to be, go deeper in you. Uh, God, to know you, God, for ourselves, Lord. Uh, God, I pray that every man in this place, God, uh, God, that will be drawn to an altar at the end of this message, Lord. Uh, God, to a place, God, that we will be drawn to altars daily, Lord. Uh, God, drawn into a place of your word, Lord. Uh, God, I pray right now, God, that we will begin to speak with apostolic authority uh, in the situations in our life. And I pray right now on this Father's Day, uh, God, that you will begin to shape and make and mold giants in this place, Lord. God, that we can go back into our homes. We begin to speak to those things that are fighting against us, God, and we can take authority, Lord, because we are apostolic giants, Lord, and we have the ability to speak, Lord, for what things will take place in our homes. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. The question... Today on this Father Day, Father's Day is what is a dad? Is he really like those guys in modern shows that are always the family buffoon? The family punchline? Is a dad really like those guys portrayed in film that will fall to temptation the first chance that they get? The answer is a resounding no. Especially good, strong, apostolic men. That we will not fall for those things. That's not all that all who God created you to be. I want you to know that today. That what the world defines you as is not what God defines you as. I believe what it means to become a dad is to step into the honored role of stewardship over God's most precious gift his children. That we need to understand that it is not a cliche to say dad is our rock. 
Every household in here should be able to say, my dad is my rock. Every child in here should be able to say, my dad is my rock. Every wife in here should be able to say, my husband is my rock. Dad is our foundation. Dad is our spiritual giant. It's not a cliche because that's what you were called to be. That's who God intended you to be. It's a tremendous responsibility and it's one that causes many men to crumble under its weight. There's not a dad alive or to have ever lived that hasn't felt the extreme pressure of parenthood. I didn't say it was easy. It's not easy. You carry the weight of your children, right? He's our heavenly father. He carried the weight of all of our sin to the cross. It's not easy being a dad. We're constantly carrying things. But many have even felt a panicked urge to cut and to run. That's why in America right now, 43% of homes are fatherless. But dads, listen to me this morning. I want you to hear this loud and clear. No matter what the world tells you, no matter what shows might tell you, it does not matter what anybody else tells you. I'm telling you as your pastor, and God is telling you, you are needed. You are needed to stand up like never before and be the man of God that called has called you to be. It's time for you to be a spiritual giant in your home. It's time for you to be the foundation that your kids can build upon. It's time for you to be the rock that your wife can run to. It's time for you to be strong and courageous. It's, t- it's not time for you to be just a small lad, but God has called you to be a giant in this hour, an apostolic giant. What is a dad? He's a man who knows his role and will not relinquish it for anything. I understand that things happen. Unexpected tragedies and life's trauma come our ways. But no matter your circumstance, when your child comes looking for dad's face, they need to know exactly where to find it. It takes personal discipline to be that man. It takes us wanting to be that man before we can ever be that man. Not nearly enough is done in our culture to celebrate the men who are holding their position well. Not in this culture. They want to they st- kick men over and stomp men down and, and put you down to the ground and act like you're nothing, you're no good. You can't find a good man anymore. Where you been looking? You ain't, you ain't been looking in apostolic churches. I promise you that. Because you'll find some good strong men here. So men, we need to be present. We need men present in our homes. We need your support. We need men support in the marriages. And we must have your voice to be active Your voice needs to be active. I know the world will tell men, shut up. You've had your time to talk. We don't want to hear from you anymore. I'm telling you right now, that is not biblical. 
That is not biblical. That you need to be the voice in your home. You need to stand up and say when something's wrong, I'm going to call it out. It's okay to speak into your kids' lives. It's okay to speak into your marriage. It's okay to speak into your family. It's okay to speak into your home. God has given you the ability and the authority to do it through the Holy Ghost. We need your voice active in the homes. We need your voice active in our community. And we need your voice to be apostolic men in this church. I'm going to stop right here just for a second to say this. Do not be intimidated and do not be embarrassed to wrap your arms around your kids and pray over them at home. I'll say it one more time. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be intimidated. You say, well, that's just not manly. That's the manliest thing you can ever do. It has nothing to do with weights and big muscles and guns. It has nothing to do with that. Give me the biggest truck in the world. But if you can't pray over your family, then you're not a godly man to me. Take all that stuff away. But if you can hit your knees and pray, and you can lift your hands and praise him, and you can open your mouth and sing praises unto God, that's the greatest manly thing you'll ever do this side of glory. I wish we had some apostolic men this morning. But stand on your feet, put your hands together, and lift your voice up to the King of kings and the Lord of lords and say, I'm not ashamed. I'm not intimidated. I will sing for you. I will pray over my family. I will love my family. tired of what the world is putting on us I promise you if you can do this if you can wrap your arms around them tell them you love them and pray over them that's going to mean more to them than any birthday or Christmas gift you will ever give them I promise you they will forget that They'll forget what you got them last year for Christmas. I promise you there's coming a day when they face all of hell coming at them. They're going to remember my daddy was a praying man. My daddy knew how to pray. My daddy knew how to hit an altar. My daddy knew how to lift his hands. That's what's going to get them through. They're not going to look back and say, oh, my fifth birthday, daddy bought me this. That's what's going to give me encouragement. They don't care what you bought them. But it's what you instill in them. Listen to me this morning. The greatest influence in your home is your tongue. The greatest influence in your home is your tongue. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It matters what you say and how you say it in your home. The fastest thing that can dismantle a marriage or a family is your words. Proverbs 13 and 3 says, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens it wide, his lips comes to ruin. You better guard what comes out of your mouth. You better be careful what you're speaking into your kids. Every word you understand we, we as, as men and we as uh, fathers, we as dads or maybe uncles, uh, grandparents, whatever it is, every word that you're speaking in to these kids that you understand that they are being built right now. They're not done. And we choose the material that we're building them with. 
So if you tell them, no, you won't ever mount anything, you can't do anything, you're stupid, you blah, 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 blah. You, if you're, what you're doing is you're building, you, you are building a building that's going to eventually fall. But if you, be, you begin to take out the materials of prayer, take out the materials of fasting, take out the materials of the word, take out the materials of love, and you begin to build and tell them, you know, you know what? You can do anything through Christ that strengthens you. You can be whatever you want to be as long as you keep God in the center of it. There's a perfect will for your life. You need to seek after that. That's what we need to be building our kids up with. So be careful what you say to them and how you say it. Let's go back to the opening text, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Let's look at this story a little closer. It says, and he took his staff in his hand, and he chose five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script, that, and, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, it says that he disdained him. For he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And it said, the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? He said, and the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beast of the field. And then said David to the Philistine. I love how he let him talk first. He said, go ahead, what you got? And then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. He said, he didn't just stop there, but he said, This day, this day, will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all the assemblies shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. That's a man of confidence. He said, go ahead and tell me what you've got to say. All you're going to mention is what you have, your flashy stuff in front of you. He said, but I'm going to tell you right now, that's not what I'm coming to you with. So I want to tell somebody this morning that when the enemy tries to come, and simply intimidate you. It's because the enemy knows they cannot defeat you. When Satan comes at you and tries to tell you things that cannot happen. You need to stop Flip the words around and truly hear what the enemy is saying. When he says it can't happen, he's actually saying that he knows it's going to happen. And he knows intimidation is the only way that he can stop you from making it happen. 
If God spoke something into your life and the enemy is telling you that it'll never happen, it'll never happen, his only way he's going to get it to stop from happening is to get you to stop walking towards it. Because he knows God probably more than we know God. He probably knows him a little better. And he knows that when he speaks a word that it should not return void unto him. So he understands, if I can get you to stop walking, then that's the only way I can get you to not reach what God has for you. It's intimidation. He's like Goliath, swinging around the large shiny sword on a battlefield because that's all Goliath had. Understand this this morning. Goliath didn't have spiritual power. Goliath didn't have a prayer life. Goliath didn't have a relationship with the true God. All he had was intimidation. And he knew that when David saw right through it, his time was numbered. So when he ran his mouth and said, come on out here, what are you, my dog, blah, blah, blah. I come to you with sword and spear. David said, don't care. I don't need that stuff. I come to you in the name of the Lord. I'm telling you right now, what, what happened, what I personally think happened, I realized that I, it's not in the scripture, but I think what happened was then that there was a complete uh, flip in the perspective of everyone on that battlefield. This is what I think took place. I think the title of giant was given to the wrong individual in the story. It wasn't Goliath. All he had was size. And all he had was tools made by man's hands. That's all he had. But to understand, he wasn't the real giant. And I think he understood when David spoke back to him those words. I think he realized the real giant was the one who was speaking the words of God that day. Goliath, well, listen, Goliath was trying to intimidate David with the size of his weapons because he knew that's all he had. But David, just a lad, opened his mouth and began to speak directly to the enemy of God's people. And when he began to speak, I come to you in the name of the Lord. There was a battle being won in the spiritual realm that could not be seen in that moment in the physical realm. And before the sword was ever drawn or the first stone was ever thrown, the battle was already over. All because a lad had begun to speak. All, all he had was his words. All he had was his faith. All he had was his prayer life. All he had was relationship with God. All he had was his trust in God. And he, it doesn't say he walked to the battlefield. It says he ran to the battlefield. He, got, he went to that battlefield expecting a victory that day. He went there knowing that I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave the same way. I'm leaving with the victory because I come to you not with swords, not with shields, not with spears, but I come to you with the name that is more powerful than any other name given under heaven. Listen, he didn't even understand and know the name of Jesus at that moment, but he said, I come to you in the name of God, the God of Israel. And he said, I know that I will leave with the victory.
I'm here this morning to call on every dad and to call on every man to be like this lad. That when Satan begins to come at you, uh, grab the word of God and begin to read it out loud in your home. If he's attacking your children or attacking your marriage, open up the word of God and begin to read the word of God. Because Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen right now. Where are my Davids in this place today? Where are my Davids that'll stand up and say, Pastor, I'm ready to fight for my family. Pastor, I'm ready to lead them to an altar. Pastor, I'm ready to run to a battlefield. I won't just stand beside and hide in a cave somewhere, but I'm ready to be a man of God. I'm ready to be an apostolic man of God. Where are my giants? What would happen when all the dads would begin to speak when all hell is coming at your family? When your kids are being tempted by the things of this world, we know, this. let's be real, they are. They're being tempted every day. When your marriage is not what it used to be and it needs some help to save it and Satan is doing his best to try to destroy it. When the attack seems like giants of hell are coming at you and you don't go hide in the caves and close your eyes and hide behind rocks hoping that it will just go away eventually. But I'm calling on men this morning to run to the battlefield and begin to speak against it in prayer. Begin to hit your knees in prayer. Not just on Sundays. Not just on Wednesdays but to show our kids go home and wrap them up in your arms and say listen I know what you're facing I know you're being tempted let daddy lay hands on you and begin to pray on you and begin to pray a covering over you pray a covering over their minds pray a covering over their hearts pray a covering over their spirit because that's what Satan is trying to take away from them right now he's trying to rob them of everything God gave them And we are called to be the giants to fight them off. It's not time for us, like the rest of the men in the story. When David showed up on the scene, they were all hiding. They were scared, trembling. David shows up and says, I got a relationship with God. I'm not scared of this man. He says, why are you hiding to his brothers? What are you guys hiding for? What are you guys doing Get out of the caves. Get out behind the rocks. Are you not men of God? Are you not men of Israel? Is he not our God anymore? Do you not trust him? What are you doing? The problem was they were looking with their physical eyes. They ceased to look with their spiritual eyes. And I I would venture to say that David might have had a little stronger prayer life than most of the men there. But he was was connected to the power. So he runs to the battlefield. And they're all thinking, you're crazy. And Saul says, here, listen, hold on, I'll give you. I got a sword and I got a shield. I got the whole armor. I'll give it to you. You you can take it out and use it. He said, I don't need that stuff. That wasn't made for me. That doesn't fit me. I don't need that stuff. Quit trying to fight your battles with other people's armors. Quit relying on somebody else to fight your battles for you. Listen, I'll lay hands on your kids and pray for them in the altar on Sunday. Brother Brooks will do it on a Wednesday night. 
Our family pastor will do it every Sunday. I'm telling you right now, we'll pray over your kids. But there's coming a day that it's going to be during the week and I'm not going to be there. That you're going to have to step up and Satan's fighting them. And you're going to have to walk into their room and lay hands on them and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirits fighting against my family. In the name of Jesus, I come against this sickness. In the name of Jesus, I need some spiritual giants to come on to rise up in this hour and say, I will not stand by and let you come against my marriage this way. I will not stand by and watch you try to destroy my children and my family. I will not stand by, but I will stand up strong because I am called to be a man of God. You have the apostolic authority. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, we need to operate it. And you need to open your mouth and begin to speak. Because something happens when giants begin to speak into situations. I'm telling you right now, there are those who think they're giants. And you begin to speak to them. They will realize that you might be small in stature. But I promise you spiritually, you are bigger than any giant around you right now. And they are trembling in their when you get a hold of this if you can get a hold of this in your life you can get the Holy Ghost in operation you start praying and fasting I promise you all of hell will tremble when you stand up on the battlefield Amen. musicians can come we can stand in this place those words he spoke changed everything. David could have came out and kept his mouth shut. And I believe it would have been a different story. But when he opened his mouth with that authority, he was saying, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the one and only God. He was telling Goliath, who thought he was a giant, he was telling him, most men fear you. I don't fear you because I see through your intimidation. I see who you truly are. You're just a big old bully just trying to intimidate me into surrendering into you. He said, but you got to understand something. When I look at you, all I see is just a physical big man. But when you look at me, you see just a lad. But you got to understand, it's not me that's coming at you. But it's the God that I represent that's coming at you. So dad's in here today. You might say, oh, pastor, I don't have that. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a minister. That's just not who I am. Yes, God has called you to be the spiritual leader and head of your home. God has placed it upon you. And when you're where in your position where you need to be in prayer and in fasting and in the word, I promise you, you say, well, I'm not a preacher. It doesn't matter whether you're a preacher. God's called you to be the minister of your home. God's called you to be the giant of your home. That's what he's called you to be. And you can look at those things and look at those situations and say, listen, uh, not before there was a time when all hell would come at me and I would be scared and I would just go hide away and just pray it would just go away so I don't have to deal with it. But I'm praying that there's some men today that are going to say no longer, no longer will I be intimidated. No longer 
will I hide away. No longer will I put this off of my wife to pray and to fast over this. No longer will I ignore my kids when they need prayer. No longer will I do that. No longer will I do that because I realize I'm not, I'm not the little man in this situation on the battlefield, but I'm actually the apostolic for the Holy Ghost giant in this situation. And I can stand up and I can guard my family and I can run to the battlefield and I can slay the giant and I can take the giant and I can show it to everyone else and say look what my God has done something happens when giants begin to speak not Goliath nothing nothing in the spiritual realm moved when he opened his mouth nothing but when David a man after God's own heart opened his mouth and he began to speak what he was doing he was making a declaration (laughs) he was making a declaration that God's children will be victorious I will be victorious he didn't say if I win he said when when I do this I will feed you to the I will feed your carcass to the fowls of the air to the beasts of the of the earth he said I will do this because he knew that he was coming at them as the actual giant I need you to realize who you are today every man in this place if you're full of the Holy Ghost you've been baptized in his name I want you to understand who you truly are. The world might tell you you're worthless, but I'm telling you right now, you're actually a giant. You're a head above everybody else. You stand taller than everybody else. You stand taller than all your enemies. Every enemy that's coming against your family, you're taller, you're bigger, you're braver. I just need you to get the courage to speak into the situation. Speak into your family. Speak into your loved ones. Speak into your children. Speak into your teenagers. Speak into their life. And don't be intimidated by the spirits that say it won't work. Because they understand that it will work. And they just don't want you to do it. There is power when giants begin to speak. Today, I ask... Where's my Davids in this place today? All the men. I wonder if you you feel like you are a David or you're saying, Pastor, I want to be a David. I want to be a David. Then I ask you if you would, would you right now step out and make your way to an altar? Maybe you're coming by yourself. That's all right. David walked in the battlefield by himself. The rest of the army was behind him. But I'm asking, is there any Davids in this place? Anybody want to be a David? Anybody have any spiritual giants in this place? They say, I'm tired of my family being pushed around. I'm tired of my children being tempted all the time. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of it. I, I, I refuse 
to be just a lad anymore. But I'm going to be the giant God has called me to be. Come on, I wish every man in this place would step out and say, I want to be a giant. Now I'm going to ask you right now, if you're in this place and you look up here and you see your dad or you see an uncle or you see a friend in this place that's like a father to you, would everybody else come find somebody? Wives, come find your husbands right now. Children, come find your dads right now. Come find your dad and team up with them. Begin to pray with them. If you're here and you say, I don't have a dad here today, find somebody that's like a father figure. Go, go begin to pray for them. Come on, because it's going to be their voice. Their voice as giants in this church that's going to make a difference right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, spiritual giants. Come on, spiritual giants.